0: Welcome to the Locked Home Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your Friday. It is Friday. It's the end of the week, but it's also a very exciting time. It's been a crazy week news-wise, but I'm excited because one of my favorite folks when it comes to covering the NBA, Mr. Keith Smith, has been kind enough to join us this morning. He covers the NBA a Down. You know, he covers it for Celtics blog, a lot of new opportunities for him. But Keith is with us today. Keith, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, me and Keith have interacted quite a bit on the locker room app. You've heard us talk about it, now known as Spotify Green Room. But Keith does great work for Celtics blog. Obviously, a great insight on Twitter. Keith, I also believe here recently taken on some new opportunity with Sports Track. Obviously, right in your wheelhouse when it comes to contract and cap situation talk. So, congratulations on the new opportunity there.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. It's a, it's a great fit for me over at Spot Track. They are, um, you know, we're, we're right in what I like to write about, talk about, uh, think about uh, all those sorts of things. So yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. This is a, you know, it's kind of a dream for me to, to be in a place where they, they, uh, they, they want me to do everything I want to do. So this is perfect.
0: And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get Keith, the opportunity to speak with Keith, because of course, his wheelhouse is cap situations, and that certainly is, you know, beyond just his knowledge of the NBA, that's certainly something that's going to become more of an important topic when it comes to the Grizzlies. So, Keith, will jump her. Right. First, of all, I'll ask you this question in general. An absolutely crazy day on Wednesday. Just in general, your thoughts about the playoffs so far and just, you know, it it certainly has seemed to be a a good playoff season, but a completely different one than we're normal to because a lot of different factors are coming down at the same time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're we're seeing now. I think kind of the um, the impact of everything rolling in together. Some of the wear and tear injuries have some guys, you know, kind of down and out or dealing with stuff. But then you have what what I call the unfortunate normal injuries. You know, uh, Kyrie Irving, great example. You know, not nothing about this season being a short off season or being a tight thing has anything to do with he landed wrong and rolled his ankle. And we see those kind of things every year in the playoffs. This year, it's just so many stars have gone down. It's uh, you know been one of those things where it's really frustrating as a fan because you want the best players to be there. But uh, these games have been still so exciting anyway. Uh, we've got all this new blood uh, that's coming to the top of the league, so that's you know a lot of fun as well. So I've really enjoyed the playoffs. And if anything, Sean, I'm now to the point where. I'm counting down the maximum number we have left, and starting to get a little sad because we're we're getting down to it this season.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And it's nice to see new blood out there. Some, some teams that have not been there for a while who had this experience. One of those teams obviously is, you know, the team we ought to talk about here, the Memphis Grizzlies, Keith, I've talked with you several times about the Grizzlies, asking you questions throughout the year, got your great insight on them. But so the Grizzlies made the playoffs. There's obviously expectations now going forward centered on a team that focuses on John Morant and Jaron Jackson jr. But also we extended, um, Executive Vice President and General Manager Zach Kleiman, who has done a wonderful job, trades, draft, things such as that. But from your perspective, especially, I think also we have a very good situation as we need to have when it comes to our cap situation. Going into this year, you know, it's very important as you're trying to build a team up that you maintain cap flexibility, especially in the small market. When you look at this Grizzlies team, it seems like that over the next year or so, especially as they start talking extensions with primary players, they're in a pretty good position when it comes to their money.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Whether it be this off season or the next one, uh, those are kind of your big windows for the Grizzlies because you've got you've got a couple guys who are due for potential contract extensions this off season. So Jaron Jackson Jr. is the primary guy, and then Grayson Allen, uh, who you know I know he gets a lot of hate. Some of it deserved, uh, you know, for uh, let's call it past transgressions. Um, some of it's just residual Duke carryover, but you know he's been pretty good. Memphis he can really shoot the ball he Can do some stuff as a you know playmaker A little bit with the ball on his hand so So I wouldn't be you know I wouldn't you know, automatically assume he's out of the mix or anything like that uh, for for them long-term. And then of course, John Morant, the next off season when we get into 2022 is going to be up for his contract extension. Now those, those are when they can sign them. It'll kick in the following year. So, uh, so this off season is pretty big for Memphis because depending on what they want to do uh, with a couple of those guys, uh, what their long-term outlooks are on free agents coming down the line Guys like Kyle Anderson, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, Tyus Jones. Uh, that this is this is a great uh, flexible window. It's not the greatest summer to have cap space as far as free agents go. Uh, it's not a you know super strong free agent class. But there's still you know, enough good guys out there. And the nice thing about cap space is you don't have to just use it on free agents. You can use it to do all sorts of different things. And Memphis has an opportunity here uh, pending. It all really kind of depends what they do with Justice Winslow and his team option. They could either go the cap space route, pick up that team option, and stay over the cap, and then be, be a player in the summer of 2022. They, they've got a lot of optionality, and that's never a bad thing to have.
0: And that was what I was going to get with my next uh, question because they do have a lot of different ways they can go with Justice Winslow. You know, from when they started talking about him before the season, Keith, to when they talked about him at the end of the season, exit interviews, there was still positive talk. Not as much certainty about him being in the future, but I think that there's different ways they could go. Certainly could pick up the option. I think one other thing could be that they could try to decline the option and agree to a smaller guaranteed amount, maybe some type of prove-it deal. Or they could pick up an option and use him in a trade. I don't necessarily think that's the route that they'll go. But when you look at Justice Winslow, you know, I see them wanting to keep him in the fold. But I also see them declining the option potentially to keep as many options out there on the table for a creative front office.
1: Yeah, then and that—that's and the, the the key. This front office has done a really uh, nice job of uh, trying to keep things as flexible as possible, and I would assume they'll continue that into to this uh, off season that's that's upcoming here. My guess is because Winslow never really materialized uh, whether it be to injuries play well however you want to look at it never materialized as the kind of key rotation player that I think they thought they were getting when they acquired him from from Miami uh, they, they're now I think in a position where what they they'll do is decline that team option because that does not rule out bringing him back as you said you could even bring him back at the same money or even more money if you thought that's not going to happen. I think we, we know that much, Um, but it it doesn't rule that out unless it's, you know, the relationship is to a point where Winslow, you know, says, Hey, you declined my option. I'm out of here because he would be an unrestricted free agent. But I think that's the direction we're going to see the Grizzlies go in because then that gives them the ability to still do things with Winslow or uh, the, the ability to go and add free agents, trade and take on money. If they decline his, his team option and then renounce, uh, Tim Fraser, as I, I expect they'll do, they'll have about 22.8 million in cap space. And that's a good chunk of change to go get a lot of different things done. Now that puts you in a position where you could add that, uh, that cap space to a salary, and then you could go trade for, um, you know, basically anybody. That um, that that you you would want to get just just salary matching wise. I don't want to get into the you know <laughs> the whole concept of what would you have to give up and those kind of things because that's a different conversation we can have. But just under the trade rules, you'd be able to get get there, and I think that's really important for Memphis because I think you know we know they're it's not a great free agent class. They're not a top tier free agent destination, so. But just having that flexibility to go make trades, that's you know massive too. And they've got a bunch of uh, what teams really love is those mid-range tradable contracts. They've also got some contracts like Kyle Anderson, Tyus Jones, uh, Jonas Valanciunas that are turning into um, expiring contracts in the next year. So those have a lot of trade value because those guys are all um, varying levels of good players. Plus, um, you know, an expiring contract always has value in the NBA. So there that, that's my guess is they declined the Winslow uh, option just to give themselves all that flexibility going forward into the summer.
0: And, of course, looking at this summer and beyond, we talk about the short-term, you know, uh, outlook for Justice Winslow. But one player, the one player besides John Morant that we know that there's a long-term outlook with, with the Grizzlies – Above anyone else is Jaron Jackson Jr., and of course, he's now finished his third year. That means that it, the second, the second career contract talks, extension talks, beyond his rookie contract, can begin. I've talked a bit about it here, Keith. You know, I think a, a, maybe a four-year, hundred million dollar deal, five-year, one hundred twenty-five. Don't really know if you want to get into specifics, and that's fine. But just in general, your thoughts on this situation with Justice or with Jaron Jackson Jr.? I don't really perceive it being negative. But I do feel for a franchise that's made it clear they want to take care of the players that commit to them. I really do think it makes sense to explore those extension talks. I know there's some uncertainty with injuries and in development, but I think with what Memphis has to work with, it makes sense to show that commitment to Justice Winslow to keep that goodwill for one thing going, but also really lock in a really talented part of your future that you hope continues to develop.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think. If this was a year ago um, in a normal calendar, uh, NBA calendar, um, we, we'd be having a slightly different conversation because we, we'd be in a position where, okay, this guy just came off a historic shooting season for for a player of his size. Um, his defense was was pretty good and improving. Uh, I think he's a better rebounder than his numbers show. I just think his that so many of the rebounds are eaten up by other guys on that team he's a you know a pretty good uh shot blocker especially in help defense in his offensive game outside of the shooting is it, it's coming along it's rounding into form now what we saw this year coming off the injury didn't play until super late in the season uh didn't really look like himself shot up fairly poorly uh defensive rebounding were were okay um there's a little bit more question mark, I guess, but I think that the reality of what we really have to look at uh, with him is he'll be 22 at the start of next season. So age wise, if you can project or we can get this guy healthy and we can feel like we can keep him healthy, you can, you can start to extend a lot of different things uh, for him contract wise. I think that the best comparable for him right now um His injuries have not been as severe, but I think it's someone like Jonathan Isaac from the Orlando Magic, maybe with a little bit more guaranteed money. But Isaac got a four-year, $69.6 million contract from the Magic. That's an extension that will start next year for Jonathan Isaac. They're somewhat similar-ish players Um, and somewhat similar uh, trajectory so far. So what I would think for for Jackson is you would be looking at a um, extension similar to that, but you'd feel good about going maybe a little bit more money because the injury history is not near as severe. So maybe something in the $480 million range or something like that because then that number is not so large that it handicaps you moving forward if he's unable to get healthy because that's always the number one concern for a small market team when you're giving out a major extension is you got to kind of protect yourselves in case everything just goes sideways on you.
0: Agreed, and I think that if if you're starting to get into that range, which which obviously I'm going to you know go with your insight um, on that as well. I, I think that that's something that makes good sense for the Grizzlies. You know, it, it locks him up, shows goodwill, but also there's a little bit of hedging there. You don't want to sit there and take anything away from Jaron who he is, but you also want to be mindful of making sure that you have as much flexibility as possible going forward for the franchise. But on that note, this franchise does have a lot of flexibility but it still has some certainty to get about its roster coming up. I'm going to talk a bit more about Keith and the future cap situation for this team and how it could impact potential moves being made over the next few summers. The summer is here, so you probably are finding yourself on the go a bit more, and if that's the case, you want to consistently make sure that your car is in proper working order. Well, if car parts are something that you wind up needing, a place for you to go is rockauto.com. For one, it's very easy to use. Within a few clicks of the button, you should easily find what you need, and regardless of the maker, model or the part itself, you're going to find what you need because of the fact that rockauto.com is a very resourceful place. For one, no matter your expertise with cars, it's likely going to have the opportunity for you to consistently rely on it to do the repairs either yourself or to have someone do them for you. And it's also cost effective. This is a family owned business. They've been around for over 20 years. They know that car parts typically fall out of budget. So they try to make things economically feasible as possible. When you visit rockauto.com, let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the car parts you ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. We're back here with the wonderful Keith Smith, obviously one of the best NBA insiders. Um, he has been kind enough over the past several months to talk with content creators, fans, the like on lock, the locker room app, Spotify Green Room. Now, um, that's where I've gotten to know Keith a little bit, so can't thank him enough for joining us uh, here to talk a bit about the Grizzlies. But Keith, so we have discussed the Jaron extension. Obviously, next year, it obviously seems like that you know the jaw extension is is a no brainer. But that would put the spotlight on this offseason and next offseason for the Grizzlies to really make that significant move, that one big trade to complement John Jared that we all foresee happening at some point. But it seems like that this summer, there may be a little bit less logic in doing it because there's some certainty that has to be gained about our young pieces because Brandon Clark, Anthony Melton, um, Jaron himself, you still want to kind of see what their future roles are. It seems like that the Grizzlies, it may still benefit them to be a bit patient this summer and go into next year seeing what they truly have in some of these younger pieces.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't know that this is the uh, quote-unquote all-in summer. Uh, From Memphis, so you just one, I don't know that the move is there. Anyway, now maybe something materializes that we we haven't seen yet. You know, there's still uh, playoff games to be played, and and we know that that there are going to be some teams that felt like their season was a disappointment and that they struggled and they're going to look to uh, do uh, other and different things. So may- maybe that's the, the the direction you go and you could steal uh, in a you know sense, a really good player uh, from one of those teams by just saying, Hey, you know, we've got a situation here. We're willing to take this guy on and go, but th- this summer may be more where it's, If you're Memphis, and this is assuming they go the cap space route, because if they don't go the cap space route, it's moves around the edges. It's just trying to upgrade the rotation uh, where you can. Uh, But if they go the cap space route, I could see Memphis being one of those teams that looks at a, uh, I like to call them a tier two free agent. But then says, you know what, in order to get this guy who is a super duper fit for us, we're going to pay you $20 million a year when maybe the player's value is more closer to $15 million a year because, but we're only going to do it for one year. Prime example of this was the JJ Reddick contract with Philadelphia the first time around when he signed that big, big contract because Philly had money to spend. It was more money than probably anybody else was going to give him, but that gave Philly Reddick. And then Redick helped lift them into the playoffs and, and do all the things that he did for them. So so you could see Memphis make a move like that, which maintains that future flexibility, but also is a major upgrade. The other thing you have to factor in for the Grizzlies too is they don't exactly have an abundance of roster spots. They have 12 players on guaranteed contracts next year. Uh, Jonte Porter, who they've clearly made an investment in, uh, has a uh, small guarantee of 300000 So even if you want to count him as he'll he'll be back too. That's 13 players. That only leaves two open roster spots uh, right now. Now, they've got money they can move off easy enough if that's the direction they want to go. Uh, but that's another thing you need to factor into why rather than saying, "Hey, our 20 plus million in cap space" You know, could be used to go sign four players who you know really help round out our rotation. I think when you've got so few roster spots, and the reality is very few rotation spots available too because they've got a lot of guys that they really like in their rotation, you can overpay for one guy. The key is you got to keep that money short term. It almost doesn't matter how much you spend as long as it's only for a year or maybe two years or a year with with a team option or something like that because you want to keep that flexibility going into next year because by next year you'll have a really good sense of – well, we know what's going on with Jaron Jackson Jr. And now we've completed a lot of our, uh, you know, primary evaluation phase on guys like Brandon Clark, D'Anthony Melton, uh, their future fit around this. Because we know the guy you're building everything around that, that all these planets need to orbit around is John Moran. We, we, we all know that moving forward. So a lot of this is going to be, how do you fit? How do you elevate Jaw, which in turn elevates the Grizzlies?
0: And the other thing is, is so you look at like different groupings, you've got John Jaron as your two cornerstones, Clark, Melton, Dylan, others as your future core who are helping to the present. But then you also, Keith, there's a lot of potential cap space that's coming open for next summer. Which also need to get certainty on your young guys, maybe points to next summer, even if it's not the all in summer, maybe being where you make the big move. But there are those guys on those one year contracts the Kyle Anderson, the Jonas Valanciunas, Tyus Jones, Grayson Allen, um, those type of guys. You know, we've seen, you know, maybe the Celtics are interested in Kyle Anderson. I don't want to get too much into that. But my point of bringing that up is decisions have to be made on those guys as well. I feel the Grizzlies love the idea of cap space, but several of these guys are coming off a season where they were huge, huge reasons why you were successful. It seems like on those more veteran guys who are more towards the prime of their careers, a decision or two may need to be made on them. Do you extend them? Do you let their contracts expire? Do you trade them? That's another group of guys that you really want to try to get an idea on this summer as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Big time. Yeah, that's that's where you're really, uh, you know, trying to make sure, you know, all right, these guys all fit in, you know, with with our with our young core and they're not blocking players. Right. That's also very, very important. You don't you don't want to have someone uh, in place that you, you know, it's unfortunate to to put it this way. But there are times when the coaching staff knows the pressure is to play player X because of he's on, you know, uh, so much of a contract um you know and and that that becomes really difficult to to work around for for a coaching staff you almost kind of paint them in a corner in a way on those kind of things so you don't want to put the put taylor jenkins in that position where he has to you know play a guy just because of what his contract is fortunately for the grizzlies right now their roster balance is really nice um yeah they could use another backup big you know them in you know uh you know 10 other teams in the league for sure. And in a big that's, you know, maybe outside of Jackson um, comes with a little bit more stretchability would be nice. And, and, and I'm sure, you know, you have your whole ideas of everything else they could use on the roster as well as, you know, does every Grizzlies fan and, you know, just observers around the league. But for the most part, they're in a really good position. They've got good depth. They've got good roster balance. They're not one of these teams where like, I use Minnesota as this example, Minnesota has a bunch of nice young players but three or four of them all play the exact same position without the ability to slide up or down a position. And that starts to get really difficult on um, building out a roster. With Memphis, you don't really have that. You've got you know, guys who all you know fit and complement each other quite well. So what I think you're looking to do with those veteran guys is, yeah, this is your decision point. My guess is what happens is – you let it roll in a free agency. You're not probably going to do an extension with any of these guys unless it's super team friendly and you're getting them on you know, this incredible bargain. But what you do with guys like Allen, Anderson, Jones, and Valanchunas is let them roll into – free agency use this whole year to let it play out. You could maybe even look to move one of them at the trade deadline. If that's where it be, uh, you know, where where you're standing either, whether that's to supplement the roster for, you know, a big playoff push or it's to, uh, uh, you know, Things didn't go so great, or just the West is so difficult. Uh, they slide back, so you're kind of resetting your roster. You have that ability to do that. So I think what you're you're really kind of looking at with um, with the Grizzlies is it, it's again, it's the, the key term that I'm going to continue to use is it's a, it's all about that flexibility. So if you can avoid locking in now. Yeah, you avoid it, let it play out and see where it's at. And then hope, you know, your your advantages as far as bird rights and all the other things like that come into play. And that, that, that makes it easier to re-sign one of those guys when they hit free agency
0: um, in the summer of 2022. It's obviously been a crazy week in the NBA. And if you're someone that cheers for a team that's looking for a coach, there's plenty of choices to choose from depending on your preference. Well, when it comes to adding a healthy snack to your daily routine, one place that gives you plenty of choices to choose from based on your taste preferences is Built Bar. Over 18 different flavors to choose from when it comes to BuiltBar.com. And the great thing about Built Bar, having it in the morning as a snack, having it in the, after, or in the morning as breakfast, the afternoon as a snack, before or after a workout, it's a great tasting way to add health, health benefits to your day. If you go to, to BiltBar.com right now, put in the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order from Bilt Bar. And once you make it a part of your day, I think you're going to be very happy with it for the long term. You can go to Billbar.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order from Bilt Bar. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, Keith, what we're all alluding to here is this flexibility, is that, you know, at some point, the Grizzlies are going to need to make a significant move. And just from your perspective, someone that covers the NBA, someone that obviously pays close attention to young cores, you've got one that, you know, I, I feel I'm very envious of in Boston with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. When you look at this Grizzlies team and you look moving forward, Jaw seems to be the guy, but just in in all honesty, I feel like for us truly to get to in time that sustainable winter contender level as a team, we're eventually going to have to add a guy at jaws level or above when it comes to his value as a player you would think that with where the Memphis is and the type of roster that they have, that likely is going to come through a trade unless they just find a gem in the draft. But eventually, it seems like that for this team to really get to where they want to go towards the middle of this decade, it's going to be bringing in a extremely significant talent via trade at some point.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. We're We're at a point now with Memphis where draft is... That not that they're not going to find helpful players in the draft, but they're now moving forward. Uh, barring you know complete unforeseen disaster, they are going to be picking in the middle to latter parts of the first round. Um, now that's just you know where they are trajectory wise. You you can't really anticipate them having top ten picks because they've gotten so good so quickly, and their their players are so good. Um, so that part of it is you're you're not you're no longer banking on the draft delivering that second star that you need alongside John Morant. Now, your hope is that Jaron Jackson Jr. develops into that, right? I'm already very comfortable putting John Morant into the star category. He may not be the superstar player that everybody, you know, who loves the NBA knows and thinks about, but I think everybody can agree, you know, he's he's one of the game's brightest young stars that's coming up. So second guy, you hope maybe that's Jaron Jackson Jr., but that's why you protect yourself with a new contract where all right, maybe he's our third best player or something along those lines. But, but you're absolutely right because you're not going to land that, that, that second guy through free agency. Um, I, I, I love Memphis, and I'm not trying to pick on it. It's just not a free agent destination. Um, you know the team. One of the teams I cover, Boston, for years and years and years was not a free agent destination because it's cold, it's expensive, it's you know nine nine million other things we can say that are negative. And then finally, when they started winning, they were able to start landing uh, some pretty good free agents. When you start winning, you'll land those guys. But until then, and winning at a high level, of course. Um, but until then, yeah, trades are you know what this front office has shown an ability to do is identify and seek out some undervalued guys and then get a lot of value out of them so valentunas is a guy who i know that was the big marcus all trade but then they turned right around and gave him a new contract and at the time i was like what are they doing they're rebuilding why are they resigning him well they had a vision on Hey, he fits. He's gonna help protect Jackson. Um, you know, we we've we're in a good place, you know, moving this forward. And that's turning to be one of the better signings of that year. Kyle Anderson, good signing. Uh, they went and traded for DeAnthony Melton. Let's call it what it is. Highway robbery stole DeAnthony Melton and um you know that was you know really good signed him to one of the better contracts of the offseason because it's declining it's uh, not fully guaranteed at the end so they this run office has a ton of creativity and they're very very smart about the way they approach all of their decision making where i think what you're going to see uh with 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 this team moving forward now is or we're in a position where we're you know really going to have um You know, something lined up where we're going to go snag some undervalued player who may eventually end up being that second star alongside Morant. We just may not see it right away when it happens.
0: That is something that I have mentioned on this podcast before that I, again, we're here with Keith Smith talking about the Grizzlies about to get into, you know, the off the court influences that will help out the future as well. But Keith, I agree with you. You see what you have with Christian Wood in Houston. You see what you had with Jeremy Grant in Detroit. It's those type. It's that type of sign where you're getting this guy who you're like, okay, he's taken on a bigger role than he has in the past, but he comes in and flourishes immediately and becomes, becomes, becomes much more than you had anticipated. And Keith, I also want to get your perspective on Taylor Jenkins Taylor Jenkins really seems to be a coach. The nuances of coaching, it'll come in time. But when it comes to a coach that the players love to play for and a coach that players can trust, if they work with him, he will unlock untapped potential with them. He will lead them to higher ceilings than are expected. You see that with several players on our roster. Just around the NBA, I would imagine Taylor Jenkins has a very positive you know, uh, reputation about his ability to work with players and get the most out of them. And Memphis is lucky to have him
1: yeah 100% he is um in in a very very short amount of time has become one of the you know uh, rising stars in the coaching profession he was always one of those guys who who has a um uh, an assistant coach was mentioned yeah he's going to be a pretty good head coach someday but you never really know right until they are the head coach uh once he became became the head coach it was very clear that memphis nailed this hire um you know it, it's a smart front office group and they're they're you know getting um jenkins was you know uh i, I don't want to diminish any of the players in in, in in the job they've done there but that was probably their their uh uh well what let's use a baseball term that was like their longest home run. Uh you know, that that was the grand slam home run. That's that's what I was looking for. Uh where you know they, they hit a bunch of uh you know, a couple of solo shots and maybe two run homers on other stuff. That was the grand slam because he's great. And I think I always go back to his first season the, the Grizzlies were here in Orlando where I live. And I um was at the game covering the game and I in pre-game um I had a chance to talk to Taylor Jenkins and asked him, how do you balance out development versus the desire to win and he gave such a thoughtful answer about how he knew his role was John Morant needed to be developed um uh Jaron Jackson Jr. needs to be developed he talked about some of the other guys on the roster at the time and how you know they did long term the best thing was for those guys to play and let them play through things but he also said but it doesn't mean you have to tolerate losing and mistakes that lead to losing and those kind of things. It's all about getting better every single day. And for me, that was, you know, kind of the spot on mindset that all of a sudden last year, uh, even after the shutdown and everything, um, when the, it was like, all right, this team's not going away. They're, they're, they're going to stick and hang in this playoff race all year. It really stood out to me that yeah, Taylor Jenkins has instilled a mindset of, hey, we're not where we're going to be in three years, four years, but there's no reason why we can't be pretty good right now. And to me, that's made all the difference for this team.
0: Absolutely. And if you get the chance, Keith, I know Memphis enjoyed seeing it last night. Taylor Jenkins is a pretty even killed guy, but I know that you are a fan of soccer as well. At our uh, soccer team here in Memphis, he was the guy that did smashing the guitar on the amp. Most emotion I've seen out of this guy in quite a while, but if you get the chance to see it on YouTube, it was quite quite impressive. But that, that sounds exactly like Taylor Jenkins, a very thoughtful organized setup, you know, that lines up with Zach Kleiman, but it also lines up with our owner, Robert Parra. And Keith, I want to ask you about this perspective as well. It seems like the Grizzlies have really taken off as an organization with Parra kind of taking a back seat, giving control to guys he trusts, Jason Wexler off the court, Zach Kleiman orchestrating the roster on the court. But I think that it also, when you look at the NBA landscape, especially in smaller markets, The willingness level of owners to spend, you know, beyond cap space, luxury tax, things like that. When it comes to Memphis eventually reaching the point of wanting to contend, I think that comes into play as well a bit, especially for a small market. I'll get your thoughts on that. But the willingness of Robert Para to how much he wants to invest in this team, that could play a big role in determining just how much talent Memphis can get to support their young core in time. At some point, you're going to have to turn eyes to ownership as well to play their part. Is that typical when you see a small market franchise getting to the point of contention? Uh, Yeah, I
1: I think the very best owners in sports – Hire good people and then let them do their job, and then they write checks. Uh, that's in. in they, I, I would never suggest that somebody who spends billions of dollars to purchase a team, or then sp- um, spends, you know, ultimately billions of dollars to continue to pay that team and and, and build that team out, and and those, those kind of things. So I th- I would never pretend that that they shouldn't. Um, uh, have a say in things, right? I mean, uh, Sean, I think you and I both agree. You spend that kind of money, yes. Uh, but you, I, I'm going to have a say in you know things. I, you know, for for example, I spend a lot of money uh, on a home. I'm gonna help decide what color that house is gonna be. Uh, but in sports, it's a, it, it's slightly different. The the owners who are very hands on, it tends to not usually go very well. Um, so I think what he's done a great job is he's hired really good people and then kind of taken a step back and said, all right, you'll run it. And, you know, we're, we're, you you do your thing. And I, and I think that becomes a, um, a big part of their success going forward. Now, what we're going to find out, not this coming year, not the year after that, but probably, let's say, 2023-24, the first year John Morant will be on his I'm presuming max contract extension at that point, Jaron Jackson Jr. Let's you know be positive and he does all the things he needs to do. He's on a, a new big contract, whatever else you've done with the roster. Is, is he going to be willing to dip into the luxury tax as necessary at that point to sustain the team making a real championship run? Because, Yes, teams can win the championship without um, paying the luxury tax, but it's kind of few and far between. That generally is a pretty big uh, differentiator between a true contender and not – it's also definitely a differentiator between we were here one time, we did this, and then – yeah, you know, we're not hanging around. If they want to hang around year over year over year, then absolutely, they're going to have to spend, they're going to have to probably spend into the tax. And if he's willing to do that, then Memphis is in phenomenal shape moving forward, because now you've kind of got, uh, I call it a quartet of things. Uh, you have the front office, you have the coach, you have the players, and now you've got an owner that'll spend, you're set and ready to go if you've got all those things.
0: And let's hope that that's the case. Obviously, that's a question that will get answered towards the middle of the decade. But the whole thing is is that Memphis certainly has a bright future ahead of it in every single situation that you got to have. For, you know, I know Zach Kleiman throws out the whole small market, you know, limitations, but, you know, still it exists to an extent. But there certainly seems to be a lot of bright things going on for Memphis. And, you know, from the perspective of someone as insightful as Keith, I take it as a compliment with certainly what he has said. And Keith, we can't thank you enough. I know that you have a lot of things going on. Memphis as a, you know, region, city, whatever it is, we love the Grizzlies, but we keep up with basketball on so many levels. Where could people people find your great work and anything that you may be, you know, having come up this summer, obviously, with another very, you know, critical summer for the league itself uh, going into next year after this playoffs?
1: Yeah, if you're interested in uh, contractual stuff, salary cap, CBA, um, anything like that, you can find me over at Spot Track. Uh, there, I'm going to be writing quite a bit for them, including uh, we we've got the first one up where we go in order of elimination from the playoffs. Uh, so the Houston Rockets were the first team eliminated from playoff contention, so they kicked off the series with a series of offseason previews, and that that's what we're um uh, running over at Spot Track right now. Um, eventually we'll get to all 30 teams uh, is the plan before the offseason starts so that means i, I gotta get writing here because we've only got a month and a half uh before we get there but, but but plenty of time uh for us to get all those in and then um anything there uh you can follow me on twitter at keith smith nba i fair fair warning i tweet a lot uh so you'll you'll want to be cautious of that but especially with the offseason coming up i tweet a lot about contracts trades all those kind of things. Uh, if for any reason anyone listening is uh, super interested in Celtics coverage, you can find me over at Celtics blog as well uh, for Celtics specific stuff. And then as you mentioned a couple times, Sean, Spotify Green Room, formerly Locker Room. Uh, I'm on there Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, three days a week. Uh, Sean, I hope you'll back me in saying uh, we have a lot of fun. I try to take you know as many questions as I can. It sometimes takes a little bit more of a Celtics slant than maybe I would like, but I think we are in a position where where it's uh, we have a lot of fun over there three times a week and do that. So I, I hope you feel the same way.
0: Absolutely. And I'll say this. I've, I've had the pleasure of talking with with folks on the national stage who have been covering the NBA for years, like Keith Local, um, you know, folks who cover Memphis. Everyone that I've interacted with has been very kind. But I will say this about Keith, and I will say this any t- ch- chance that I get. Keith, the genuine kindness that you uh, that come across when anyone talks with you, it's wonderful. So thank you for, you know, being able to interact and, and talk with anyone that comes towards you, wanting to get your insight and takes. They're obviously wonderful of that, but thank you for being kind as well. And it's been a pleasure having you on this episode of Locked on Grizzlies.
1: Uh, thank you for those kind words so much. I really appreciate it. I am a uh... Uh, you know happy to do this I you know I've uh, I've I Sean you know this because you've heard me say it I became attached to this Grizzlies team when the Celtics uh, had their pick um, because I was you know monitoring them quite a bit and watching to see how they were and uh, they might have spoiled plans a little bit for Boston but that's okay Um, you know but (laughs) it's just a a fun uh, a fun team to watch I I find myself uh, rooting for them I really uh, like the organization from the top down so you know thanks for giving me the opportunity to do this and you know i wish you guys all the best uh you know in the off season and hopefully it's a fun one with lots of stuff for you to talk
0: If you'll stick with us for just a second, you can find the show at Locked On Grizz, myself at Stats SAC. You can find everything going on with the Grizzlies every single day here at Locked On Grizzlies. And as Keith said, follow his information on Spot Track, not Sports Track. Like I said earlier in the show, Spot Track, and also follow him at Keith Smith NBA. For Keith Smith, my name is Sean Coleman. It's been a pleasure. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast.